at the time, I was heavily into the occult and stuff. Not Satan or anything like that, just learning about astral plane and all that, cobblers. I suggested, among other things, Black Sabbath, and everyone went, oh, yeah, it's a good name. Suddenly, when the Black Sabbath name came and the songs that backed up the Black Sabbath name came, suddenly we had a package which made sense. All the songs were written basically the same. We'd go into a rehearsal room with nothing and then just start jamming about and come up. And it's peculiar how it all happened because they sort of came one after another without having to sit there going, oh, I don't know, I can't think of anything. They were just coming out and it was almost like a magical force pushing these things out that we, we didn't understand. And you're listening to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. With me, as always, is my brother, Quentin. And we are diving into metal once again. Q, are you excited? I'm pretty pumped, man, but now everyone knows our last name. Thanks for that. <laughs> you know what dude it's called we can bleep it out my name is Travis bleep <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited man only because as any dear listener would know by now um, I think we have at least a handful of dear listeners at this point Q every listener is a dear listener okay okay what I meant to say is a follower of our podcast, someone who presses play every time they get a notification that we have a new episode out. Yeah. So what you were saying was you're 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 not a um, you're not a fan of metal. I don't seek out metal. You know, I don't listen. I I don't listen to metal. That's it. Right. Um. I just don't. Uh. I know of Black Sabbath. You know. Yeah. And I appreciate them. So Q, Q, let's just let's just do this right real quick. Okay. okay. What what song what what songs come to mind when you when you when you think of Black Sabbath? Dude, the only song that I know of theirs as far as like I could tell you the name of the song, right, is Iron Man. Okay. And that's I mean, I feel like that's probably one of their more mainstream sounding songs, right? Like, well, I'm it's sure it's definitely so much more to Black Sabbath than than the sound of of Iron Man. I mean, yeah, Iron Man is like one of their signature tracks, you know, and plus, you know, the movie Iron Man probably made it popular again, right? I didn't even know that was in that. Dude, come on. It was all over the trailers, dude. Man, I can't remember the last time I saw that one, that movie, dude. All right. Well, you know, that was the, that was the the movie that, that launched the, the, the superhero comic book craze that we're in right now. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Dude, and the the guitar riff in Iron Man is just iconic, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to get into all that, my friend, because uh, we're going to... Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to cover three albums in one episode. Uh, basically, we're going to do a track from each of their first three albums. Um, That's a good idea, dude. Yeah, I, like I mean, this is... I You know, I... At one point, 
probably wanted to do each of these as a separate episode, but I think we can do it all in one. And um, plus, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more fun to do it all in one, dude, uh, for sure. Especially yeah. since I'm getting to show somebody who who probably hasn't heard any of these songs. Um, I have heard the first track on their debut. Well, we're gonna play that. Q. It's dark as fuck. We're gonna dude. play that. <laughs> cool. Uh, before we get into the the, the what you heard, I just want to give a little bit of context for the that clip that we played at the beginning. That was an interview from um, VH1 did this series called Classic Albums, and they covered uh, Paranoid uh, as one of the episodes, which is their second album. And that was Geezer Butler, the the bass player. Uh, what a name! I know, right? Uh, Jim Spencer, the manager, and Tony Iommi, the guitar player, talking about like how they came up with the name. Basically, Geezer Butler was like sort of like flirting with the occult. You know what I mean? Like as far as like he he had an interest in that stuff, and so he yeah. came up with with Black Sabbath, which was actually the name of a um, a film that came out uh, called Black Sabbath, uh, starring cool. Boris Karloff, who played Dracula. Right? Um, oh yeah. Anyway. So basically, and and then we'll get into this a little bit more, but essentially the name came and then once they had that name and like the imagery that comes along with that, everything else just kind of flowed from there naturally. So anyway, we'll get into that more. Let's do our What You Heard's uh, because this is going to be a lengthy episode. So we're going to dive right in. Q, what have you been listening to lately? Well, I feel like the gods of heavy metal were shining down on me uh, this week. Knowing that we were going to be doing an episode on Black Sabbath, I was uh, shopping around for... Oh, we were looking for like a TV or some shit. We wanted to get a TV for our bedroom. So we went to Goodwill. And if I'm a Goodwill, I'm going to mosey on over to the records, dude. Because why not? Most of the time, it's going to be a shitload of Rod Stewart and Barbra Streisand albums. Yep. Uh, and nothing worth even even at 99 cents, which most records there are. And sitting right in the front uh, of the stack of records uh, it was King Crimson's uh, debut album uh, called In the Court of the Crimson King. And um, I guess we'll throw up a, an image of the album cover in our show notes because it's unmistakable. You can't yeah, you can you can see that from a mile away and and go holy shit, King Crimson. Um, so I w- I went over there and picked it up, grabbed it for ninety nine cents. It's pretty good condition. Um, put the record on as soon as I got home, and uh, my watcher heard is going to be the first track on that album. It's called Twenty First Century Schizoid Man. Um, all you need to know about this band. Uh, they formed in the late 60s. This debut album came out in 1969, and they are a prog rock band from London. Um, and they were kind of like one of the first you know, like pioneering um, prog rock bands at that time. The other one, of course, is Yes. Um, and if you give this album a listen, and, and if you listen to the kind of stuff that Yes does... Really, a prog rock band is the kind of band that, you know, they they stick to those rock roots, but they add in orchestral instruments and 
you know, tinges of jazz and, and stuff like that in each track. Really interesting stuff. It's a great album. Uh, so again, this is track one off of King Crimson's debut album, In the Court of the Crimson King. It's called 21st Century Schizoid Man. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great song for 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 our Sabbath episode, dude. Yeah, man. Like I said, the gods of heavy metal were shining down on yeah. me that day. So, what's interesting to me about those vocals is that it sounds a lot like Ozzy's vocals in Iron Man, dude. Yeah, dude. I knew you were gonna say that, but here's the thing, man. His voice in Iron Man only sounds like that when he's saying, I am Iron Man at the beginning of the song, yeah, right? Yeah. The rest right, of the right. song, he doesn't sing like that. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm just talking about that particular part of the song. Yeah. But anyway, it's interesting that this came out in October of 69. That is when Black Sabbath were recording their first album. So, And, and that month? Yeah, in October that month. They, they were recording in that month, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I'll say real quick, if, if you liked this song and you want to listen to the, to the album from track to track the the sounds and the styles kind of change like like i, th- I want to say like the two the next two or three tracks following that one is a lot more uh tame <laughs> it's a lot prettier bands like yes come to mind you know when you hear this this kind of music where like like especially their album fragile which I think was like, I think that was their third album. You know, they'll have an entire track 
on the album that's just them covering like a Beethoven symphony, you know, or like a, a Bach or whatever. I don't remember who they covered on that album, but you know, where they just, they pull in a bunch of orchestral instruments and stuff like that. So, so that, so there's the two sides of, of, you know, the heavier side of rock and roll during that time. Of course, you've got Zeppelin as well. Yeah. You've got King Crimson doing this kind of thing. And then you've got Black Sabbath who just went all out like dark satanic metal kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, I actually have some notes on that. Um, as far as like what what was going on with rock music, particularly in '69, right? Yes. Zeppelin's first two albums came out in January and October of '69. It's crazy how fast they spit those. I know, dude, dude. I know. Crazy. Same with same with Sabbath. Basically, rock was starting to get uh, harder, hard rock, right? And there are hints of metal in some of Zeppelin stuff. And this song, you know, the one you just played, um, you know, basically that is that is when we shifted into hard rock and Sabbath certainly was doing hard rock, but they did stuff with their with their with the the guitar, the toning, tuning the guitars down and stuff like that. The lyrics, the imagery, everything. And, you know, that, that shifted them toward metal. So, hey, dude, real quick, man, I just I just looked this up. In episode six, we covered Crosby, Stills, and Nash's self-titled. That also came out in '69. That came out in May of '69. Yeah. So there you go. Like yeah, now, you know, and and before Crosby, Stills, and Nash, early and mid '60s, it was all about that. You know, the kind of folk rock, like ballad, kind of, you know, like Bob Dylan and yeah, and all those. You know, it was it's all about basically preaching about our disposition to like the Vietnam war and stuff like that. Well, it's funny you should um, say that Q and we'll get into this later, but, um, Sabbath wrote, wrote some, some political, politically charged songs about Vietnam also. So we'll get into that later, but, cool. um, it, you know, but yeah, I feel no, like you're right though. Let me ask you this real quick, bro. Yeah. So you said that Zeppelin's, um, first two albums were the same year, 69. Yeah. Basically, the, the beginning and the end of 69. Good Lord. Can you imagine being Dude. at the right age during... I, I know, man. In 69, yeah. to have all of this at your disposal? You could, grab, you could grab King Crimson. You could grab Zeppelin 1 and 2. And then a couple months later, you could, you could grab Black Sabbath's first album. I mean, it's unreal. Man. It's unreal. You know what, man? So our dad was born in 56, so he was 13 years old in 69. I wonder if he was into this stuff. I know he got into Zeppelin, but I, I, I'm wondering, like, I'm, I'm curious uh, when it was that he got into them. I want to say probably not, but we'll have to we'll have to ask him, dude. 13 is young. Dude, yeah. 13 is one of those, you know, he, you may have, you may not have, you know what I mean? Uh, right. You know, I have a feeling our grandparents wouldn't be cool with him bringing home a Zeppelin album. No, dude. Just, just a thought and a hunch. They were so conservative, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's 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 get into Sabbath. We're not going to do a yeah. uh, what you heard uh, for me because I've been listening to Sabbath all week. So, <laughs> and I wanted yep. to have more time for uh, an extra clip. Cool. And uh, uh, it's the first track off of their first album. Uh, this is, to me, one of the best 
uh, debuts, if you will, of, of a band. Uh, it, it sets the tone for them uh, perfectly. The name of the band, Black Sabbath. The name of the album, Black Sabbath. It's self-titled. The name of the song, Black Sabbath. They're basically saying, hey, this is us. You know, This is what we're doing. So, I'm going to play a clip from uh, the same interview, that classic albums interview, uh, where they talk about kind of coming up with this riff, and then we'll play the song. So, uh, let me play this. This is, again, this is, um, this is Geezer Butler and Tony Iommi talking about basically how they came up with this, this, this riff. So, here we go. I was a medium-sized fan of uh, Holtz, the Planet Suite, particularly Mars in those days. And one of the days... I was in the, uh, we were rehearsing and I was going, trying to play Mars. And then the next day, Tony went in and went. And that's the way how uh, Black Sabbath came about. Which was so different to anything else we'd heard. And I just knew it was something, I, you know, it was one of those when I started playing it, you uh, your hairs on your arms stand up, and I thought, oh, this is really different. And everybody said, oh, God, that's really different. Okay, so basically, we have Geezer Butler talking about how he was heavily into Gustav Holt's uh, The Planets. I think. I think our dad has played those for us. Yeah, dude. he did. Yeah, he did. I mean, I feel yeah. like on one of our vacations, like we drove out kind of past the city limits in like Nevada or something, where you could see the stars, and he he played that CD yeah. for us. Yeah. So anyway, uh, John Williams uh, borrowed a lot from this uh, for the Star Wars music, and uh, so anyway. Keezer Butler uh, was just kind of messing around on his bass, like when they were in the rehearsal space, and he uh, started playing uh, Mars, the Bringer of War, which is one of the host songs. Um, and then Iomi basically took the, the took that melody and just kind of tweaked it just a little bit, and kind of did like a like a shift in the tone slightly, and it kind of had this creepy vibe to it, right? And then that was it that was the the birth of that of that song so anyway cool now let's play the song and cool Q, I'm gonna ask I got a favor to ask could you turn okay. your could you could you turn your lights off for me my lights are off dude and I've got a fucking window with blinds on it that I can't really I'm sorry man I'm, I'm in the wrong room for this dude I'd have to go grab like a a thick blanket and pin it up over the window for it to be dark in this room. I'll wait. Really? No. How about you just build a blanket <laughs> over yourself? I don't know. I'm just trying to set no, the no. ambience, dude. At least just, yeah, just I got pretend you, like you're in the dark, dude. Just for me. I, okay? You know what, dude? Now I wish I was, man. Well. Whatever. I'll wait, bro. Look, dude, I could wait until it's dark, but up here in Washington during the summer, sun's not going to set until 930. Maybe even 10. All right, well, well, no, it'll be 9.30. So that'll be 11.30 your time. So if you want to wait another two no, and a no, half no. hours, dude, I'll call you back. No, no, no. You killed it. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you're listening and you're, and you're able to do so, turn the lights off. Okay? Now, Q, you know, do whatever you want to do. But All right. pull up. I, I, I send it to you in Skype. Pull up the album cover. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude, I got you. All right. Um, creepy as fuck. This yeah. Album cover. Just, I want you that. to look. I want and you dude, to how is that not Ozzy Osbourne in the cover? It man. ain't. Come on. It's not. It's not, dude. You sure? I'm positive. All right. So so <laughs> let's look at this. It album looks like cover. A, a creepy ass zombie Mona Lisa. Hey, man. It is. It is whatever you want it to be. So <laughs> let's let's just you know, if you're at home and you can pull up the album cover, go ahead and do it. Okay. I'm trying to set the tone here. Cute. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Again, this is track one uh, of, of Black Sabbath's first album. It's called Black Sabbath. And this is basically um, is going to set the tone for everything else. So here we go. Do you have, do you have chills? Is the hair standing up on your neck? If I was in a pitch black room, with like maybe one candlestick lit in like the corner of the room, maybe. Unfortunately, it's still pretty goddamn bright in this room. Okay. Well, let me just tell you, dude. First time I heard this song, I was probably, I don't know, uh, you know. I was 16 at least, maybe a little bit younger. But anyway, first time I heard this, yeah, I remember I was just like, I was just totally captivated by it because I'd never heard anything like it. 
the Sabbath took the idea of like the occult and just ran with it. You know what I mean? They put this freaky yeah. lady on their album cover. Uh, uh, her name is Louise, by the way. That's all we know about about her. Um, she's like yeah. uh, she she basically showed up uh, backstage at one of their shows, and um, you know they were they needed somebody for the cover, so they 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 asked her if she wanted to pose in front of this uh, old cottage, and that's basically it, dude. Wow, it looks like a like a witch or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy as fuck. So anyway, there's not much going on in that song as far as, you know, it's it's slow. It's, you know, the guitar is not is not all that complicated. His vocals are, are kind of like, you know, haunting almost. Like he's got, this, the thing about Ozzy is he's got, it's not a conventional singing voice, right? Right. But it's, it's perfect for what they're doing uh especially when he screams you know at the end of that verse so let me just read these lyrics to you and for the most part all of the lyrics are written by the bass player geezer butler he's a guy who as he said in that in that clip in the very beginning he was kind of going into looking into he was interested in the occult and, and, and whatnot so here's the lyrics what is this that stands before me figure in black which points at me turn around quick and start to run find out i'm the chosen one well, those are some kick-ass lyrics dude okay sure are you not are you not you're not impressed um i don't know man has a this is the difference between you and i um i can't get past the gimmickiness of it man all right all right, well, let me do it. Look, if I if I owned one of those like Halloween year-round stores, <laughs> I'd be into it. Dude, okay, let me tell you this. I'd, I'd play it through the speaks. All right, listen. Listen to this, okay? This is Butler talking, all right? Um I don't know I don't know the context of, of this where, where where this was um pulled from, but he said that um he was raised Catholic, so he totally believed in the devil. Uh, he says, there was a weekly magazine called Man, Myth, and Magic that I started reading, which was all about Satan and stuff. I'd moved hmm. into this flat. I'd painted black with inverted crosses everywhere. Ozzy gave me this 16th century book about magic that he'd stolen from somewhere. Uh, he says uh, he, he put it in this cupboard and he was going to read it later or something like that. Later that night... He says, I woke up and saw this black shadow at the end of the bed. It was a horrible presence that frightened the life out of me. He ran out into the room to grab the book and throw it out, but the book wasn't there anymore. After that, I gave up all that stuff. It scared me shitless. So there you go, Q. That's what, that's what kind of inspired the song, right? So he actually did see this figure in black uh, at night. It was probably like sleep paralysis or something, right? I'm, you know what I'm wondering? What? If he was on drugs. Well, we'll get into that later, dude. Because odds are he was. So anyway, so so you're not you're not impressed. That's fine. I, dude. Okay. Let me here. I'll say it again, and I've I've said it before. I'm sure about me. All right, all right. Dude, we've I heard, appreciate heard it, it, and we've I'm glad it. that it's. I'm glad that it exists. Okay. Well, here here we go, dude. Let's just move on from that song, okay? 
Because I'll give it to you. It's pretty on the nose, right? As far as right. the imagery, the And lyrics. hey, dude, it's a great track, like opening track for for the like introdu- introduction to Black Sabbath. Here you go. It's a perfect track one for their debut album. Okay, well, we're sure. going to move on to track two, the very next track, okay? Now, odds are you haven't heard this song, right? Maybe. I'm, maybe. It might sound familiar. Okay. We'll see. So here's what I like about this song. Um, Ozzy Osbourne plays a harmonica in this song. This is, to me, my favorite use of a harmonica in a rock song. Again, the lyrics are kick-ass. I'm just going to play it. So, here's track two off their first record. It's called The Wizard. Now that's what I'm talking about, man. Okay, thank you. Yeah, dude. I think track one was just a little bit too. Track one, si- is... it was too. It was too simple, and it was it was just too, like you said, right. Well, on the dude, I only played you two, you know, two minutes from that song. The song goes on for quite a bit. There's a guitar solo. There's a change okay. in it. But basically, dude, like I said, track one is 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 their intro to the world, basically, right? it's them right 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 it's them sort of just setting the stage and then they go right into this song and that harmonica dude it's just nothing but the harmonica the reverb that is caught probably from the room that they were recorded in when he just holds yeah. that note it's just awesome man the way his vocals come in it's just great dude and the lyrics 
Let me read the lyrics to you. It's about a wizard, obviously. The lyrics are, Misty morning, clouds in the sky, Without warning, a wizard walks by, Casting his shadow, weaving his spell, Flowing clothes, tinkling bell, Never talking, just keeps walking, Spreading his magic. Now that's what I showed you. There's more to that song, obviously. But, you know, If you're into something like Dungeons and Dragons, dude, This song is for you. Or yeah. Lord of the Rings, which is... Um, Geezer Butler, again, wrote the lyrics. Uh, he said that the uh, the song was influenced by Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Well, I know uh, Robert Plant was a huge nerd for Lord of the Rings, too. Yeah, that's, see, that's what I'm saying. Quite a few like, Zeppelin songs that yeah, are straight yeah, up yep. stories in the you know Lord of the Rings world. Yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, that, that book was a huge influence on on these nerds that were writing rock music, you know? So anyway, um, I love that song, you know? It, uh, there's just something about it. That harmonica is, is a great addition to that. I love that Ozzy is the one who plays the harmonica. I don't know why, I just like that. Um, and again, those lyrics, it's actually, so basically it's this wizard that's passing through this town and all the people in the town are kind of like holding their breath basically because they know that this wizard could fucking you know, either do some bad or do some good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he basically passes through and they kind of, you know, they got off easy. Actually, it says that, you know, he turned tears into joy and everyone's happy when the wizard walks by. That's why people are saying that, you know, are they singing about their drug dealer maybe? But anyway, so let's, let's give some, some context again before we go into uh paranoid. That's their next album. Came out in September of 1970. So their first album came out in February of 1970. This one came out in September. So just like Zeppelin, they came out with two albums in in one year. So you know, kind of, I feel like kind of in the same way that we talked about grunge music in the 90s, where all of these bands were kind of writing a similar style of music. You know what I mean? Just it just yeah. seems like it was all happening at the same time. Yeah, it just happened. That right. sounds like what what was going on. Maybe in you know, especially in London, both Zeppelin and and Sabbath recorded these these albums in London. Uh, it just seems like that that is a shift that was happening in rock music, more towards hard rock. And Paranoid has all of the signature songs that you might think of with Black Sabbath. It has Iron Man, it has Paranoid, the title track, and it has War Pigs. War Pigs is probably my favorite Sabbath song, one of my favorite Sabbath songs. We're not going to play it today, but, uh, you know, let's talk about it just a little bit. So I had mentioned earlier that, that, um, that Butler was writing some like politically charged lyrics, right. About Vietnam and war pigs is, is that, that song basically, um, it's about in his, in his words, it's basically about who the real Satanists are which to him is people who are running the banks and the world and trying to get the working class to fight the wars for them. So there you go. Right. Uh, go listen to it. But you know, that's one of those, again, that's one of those uh, I, signature iconic tracks. So I, I have a feeling a lot of people have, have heard war pig. So I wanted to play something that perhaps people haven't heard before, but uh, yeah, one of here, here's some lyrics from war pigs just to kind of give you a flavor. Politicians hide themselves away. They only started the war. Why should they go out to fight? They leave that all to the poor. 
So there you go, dude. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of stuff that that like we had talked about. People from Greenwich Village and 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 Crosby, Stills, Nash. Creedence Clearwater comes to mind, dude. Uh, you yeah. know, we we talked about them on one of our sidetracks, like uh, like yeah. their song "Fortunate Song," uh, like their song "Fortunate Son." That's exactly what it's about. You know, they're just let's let's make the poor people get drafted and let's send them overseas. It's exactly the same thing. That's I think what people were most you know they were raging about most was, was that fact. Yeah. And you know, to me, what's interesting is I feel like that is a theme that, that comes back over and over again in, in metal, like war, uh, you know, Metallica master of puppets. A lot of that album is about, is about war, you know, disposable heroes. That's one of the tracks on there. Damage incorporated. Oh dude. All right. It's Greenwich. Greenwich village. Okay, fine. Greenwich village. That's fine. So, you know, like I said, stupid, you know, you, you talk about, you remember, you remember system of a down, the lyrics that they were writing. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Metal has, has kind of been a, a platform for, for protest songs as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. Sabbath was doing that back in, back in the seventies. And, uh, anyway, so again, uh, Iron Man is also on this album, um, which is about a time traveler who uh, sees into the future that, you know, the apocalypse is coming, basically. So he's going back in time to warn people that it's coming, and in the process, he is turned into steel by a magnetic field. Whoa. Uh, and then he is rendered a mute, unable to warn people of the impending destruction, and uh, his God attempts damn. to communicate are, are ignored and mocked, which causes the Iron Man to become angry and have his revenge on mankind causing the destruction seen in his vision. So no, I want to see the that one movie who brought dude. the apocalypse. I want to see that. You want to see that movie? Yeah. That would be a kick-ass movie actually. <laughs> yeah. You have to come up with a different name though. Otherwise I'd have Stan Lee's knocking on their door. All right. So I just wanted to talk about, you know, two of their, the, the mega huge songs that were on that album. Just, you know, because we're not doing a full episode on the album, but I just wanted to touch on some of that stuff. The track that we're covering from Paranoid is the very last track, and it's called Fairies Wear Boots. Uh, also, there's also a instrumental part at the very beginning that's called Jack the Stripper. So hmm. the full name of the track is Jack the Stripper, Fairies Wear Boots. Interesting. Yeah. So one thing that I haven't really touched on is Tony Iommi as a guitar player because it didn't really shine through in, in the clips that I've played so far. This track uh, is pretty much going to showcase Tony as a guitar player. Uh, I've got two two separate clips. And, uh, you know, I haven't even mentioned the drummer yet, but the drummer's name is Tony Ward. One of the things to me that makes Sabbath so enjoyable to listen to is the instruments. Tony Iommi on guitar... Geezer Butler, like I've said, on bass, and Tony Ward on drums. They are like phenomenally, they are a phenomenal uh, tight trio. You know what I mean? And then you throw yeah. Ozzy's voice on top of it, and it's just perfect, right? So anyway, well, dude, it's like how the, when John Bonham died, Led Zeppelin died with him. You know? Yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, uh, a lot of their songs, it's it's dominated by by those three musicians you know yeah and yeah 
you know, there's a verse here and there, but a lot of times, especially on Paranoid, War Pigs is, you know, mostly uh, instru- instrument or mostly instrumental. Same with uh, this track here. So anyway, this is uh, the beginning of the track, and um, I guess this song is called Jack the Stripper. It's it's the beginning of this track, but here we go. soul dude bless my soul (laughs) yeah that's a great that's a killer guitar riff man killer dude okay so people uh we don't we don't play our discussions during the song on the episode but you were telling me hey this is great man but i'd never seek it out and listen to it on my own yeah explain yourself i don't know man i'm just never in the mood to listen to this stuff do you ever listen to zeppelin yeah. So you seek out and listen often. to Zeppelin. Yeah, often, dude. But you won't seek out yeah. Sabbath. I don't know, man. That's odd to me, dude. I, you know what, dude? I think it's... So, you know, on our Interpol episode, we yeah. said that you either love him or you hate him. And it always comes down to um, his voice, right? Okay. I think... I, I can't get into Ozzy Osbourne, man. Okay. He kills it for me. Okay, I think that's it, dude. Because I love, I love the instrument. I love the instrumentation. Like you know, I love the okay. melodies. I love. So you won't. So you you won't listen to it because of Ozzy. I think so, man. And what was mm. the name of what's the name of Interpol singer, dude? I, I, it escapes my mind at the moment. Paul Banks. Paul Banks. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I think that's it, man. All right. So let me play. Let me play uh, the second clip from from Fairies Wear Boots really quickly.
So there you go, dude. Tony Naomi. Shredding it. Shredding it. And I love how they bring it right back to the to the intro of the song, dude. It's yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Dude, that was that was all the drummer that kinda changed it up to to lead them back into the to that transition. Yeah, and I feel like the the tempo is just a little bit quicker than it is in the beginning of the song. It's awesome, dude. Could be, love man. It. Yeah, because and the way I see it, dude, I feel like my like my favorite albums are usually ones where it's recorded quote unquote live. I don't know if they did it this way, but you know, where you've got every single band member in the room playing the song and that's how they record it, not having each individual member be in an isolated room recording, you know, each part with like a click track, you know. Like like uh Rules by Whitest Boy Alive. And um I think Kings of Leon's Youth and Young Manhood was also recorded that way. To where, yeah, they could speed it up, but not necessarily intentionally you know like if they don't have a metronome click you know it's it's the imperfected albums that i like the most if that makes sense yeah i hear you all right i've got one more track for you now this album came out in 1971 it's their third album it's called master of reality so let me you know i've Kind of, is that the one with like some... the dude dressed up in like an evil Knievel looking shirt, and there's like the red and blue trails behind him? No, that's paranoid. The one Oops. we just did. Okay. Oh, Master of Reality is like the cool font. It's like purple, gray, and whatever. Yep. Now this album uh, remains to this day to be a huge influence on on plenty of bands, uh, including you know. Like I've, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, doom metal, uh, desert rock, all that good stuff. So I've got, I've got this little um, list here of, of some bands that uh, that kind of mention Master of Reality as an influence. So here we go: Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins considered Master of Reality the album that spawned grunge, which is interesting, right? Black Sabbath and especially Master of Reality was a huge influence, like I just said, Stoner Rock, Desert Rock. So bands like Caius, Monster Magnet, Sleep, which we'll talk about later, and uh, Orange Goblin, or Orange Goblin, have said that uh, Sabbath and especially the album Master of Reality was a defining album for that genre. Cool. And I think on the very first episode, the outro track that we played was into the void which is yes. the last track on this album so yeah because we recorded I, that like a week before halloween or something and you were just in yeah headspace right. yeah exactly so so anyway huge influence um and especially that track into the void now what's funny is there's a lot of bands that that uh, are so they're, they're so influenced by this album that they named their band after you know either the song a, a song off of here or the album itself there's there's actually a band called masters of reality that was came out in the 90s uh there's band there's metal bands called after forever and orchid or orchid hat <laughs> orchid and these these aren't sabbath cover bands these are just metal bands no 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 they're just metal bands but i'm saying the album had such an influence that that, that you know these bands are naming themselves either after the album itself or after songs from the album. 
So, you know, hugely defining uh, or genre defining album, right? So, you know, I was I was hopeful that I'd, I'd get you to turn Q. So for my last track, I'm going to play you a song that I know you're going to like. Okay. All right, dude. It's called Sweet Leaf. Can you guess what it's about? That wasn't a bong rip cough. Bongs don't exist. Thank <laughs> you. Is that the official state song of Washington? Um, I don't know, man. I couldn't. I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. Well, let me read the lyrics to you. When I first met you, I didn't realize. I can't forget you or your surprise. You introduced me to my mind and left me wanting you and your kind. My life was empty, forever on a down, until you took me, showed me around. My life is free now, my life is clear. I love you, sweet leaf, though you can't hear. What do you think of those lyrics, dude? Oh, okay. You're trying to say because marijuana is legal up here? <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't, we're not the only state that's legal, my friend. I know that. I'm just, I'm just, you know. Um, yeah, dude, we love our weed up here. Yeah, listen, this is kind of funny. This is kind of funny. The, the last part: straight people don't know what you're about. They put you down and shut you out. You gave to me a new belief, and soon the world will love you, sweet leaf. Hey, man, wow. he might have been onto something. Yeah, then. too bad it took another fifty years to <laughs> to yeah, get anywhere right. near this. You know, it's starting to sway in in our favor. Um. Yeah, man, I thought it was funny, too, that that was, without a doubt, a bong rip cough at the beginning of the song. Uh, <laughs> right, Trev? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, well, so, you know, I mean, is that is that straight straight up the reason why this, is, this album is considered an influence on Stoner Rock? Maybe. No, dude, I mean, you know what? I think listening to the guitar riff in that song, that has yeah, some yeah. grunge I mean, vibes, man. Yeah, well, sure, yeah. Grunge, but also doom metal, which yeah. I think I've said before, doom metal basically is like slower metal. And if you listen to Into the Void, which is the last track on this album, it's definitely slower, you know? The very first track that we played, Black Sabbath's first song yeah. on their first record, it's slow. Very slow. You know what I mean? Metal can be super fast, right? If you think like thrash metal. 
But yeah, where the drummer might as well be a fucking machine. Yeah, double bass. <laughs> Which is double bass. Know. Yeah, dude, it right, blows exactly. my mind. Yeah. So, you know, doom metal is, you know, the more kind of slow, uh, melodic uh, metal. And, you know, Sabbath was certainly certainly that, you know. Now, I mean, Tony would, would you know, shred it like nice and fast on the guitar every once in a while. But the, the main riffs were, were slow, you know what I mean? And I feel like that was just kind of the nature of of rock back then. But since Sabbath was a little bit more, was was heavier, you know, that's kind of why they, why they're considered the, 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 the grandfathers of, of doom, sludge metal, you know, stoner metal, all that yep. good stuff. Yep. Anyway. So, so that's it, man. I feel like I didn't do it justice, dude. Or you're just so unimpressed with it that I can't, I can't tell what's going on. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I appreciate it. That's what I say. Every time you, you share metal with me. Um, but hey, that's fine, dude. At least we got differing opinions for once. Yeah. It's pretty mm-hmm. rare on this podcast. Well, you do, one of these days, maybe soon, we need to do an episode where you're where you're showing me something, you know. Let's let's do it, man. Let's do all Jay's first album and awesome wave. Alright. I'm down. Fuck yeah, dude. I would love I would love to actually be playing these playing songs from that album. And then immediately getting your reaction from it because all I've ever gotten from you is like, yeah, f- uh, fuck those guys. I don't, I can't get into it. Well, here's the thing, dude. Just like you, you just told me, you can't get into Ozzy or Sabbath because of Ozzy, and you can't get into Interpol because of Paul Banks. I feel like one of the reasons. Hang on, whoa, 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 dude. I love Interpol. I'm not one of oh. those people. Oh, oh, oh. come okay. on now, say that again, all bro. Right. All right, right. You said you okay. Never mind. You said that you can't get into Ozzy because of shit. <laughs> you can't in, get into Sabbath because of Ozzy, and right. some people can't get into Interpol because of Paul Banks. Right. I think I have a hard time getting past his voice, okay. the Alt J singer. That's cool, but man. Maybe I'll maybe we'll I can explore that. Convince you otherwise, man. Um, dude, you know what? That's. You're probably with me on this, man. I can't get into ACDC because of that fuckhead's voice. Yeah, I don't like ACDC I'm about to get some hate mail. No, 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 dude. I think a lot of people feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing. People that love ACDC, I mean, I don't know if it's... I don't know if his voice is the reason they love ACDC, but if you're an ACDC fan, that annoying-ass voice doesn't annoy you. I can't. I can't. I can't see the appeal. I really can't. Dude, that was pretty. That was pretty good, dude. Thanks, man. I hope I didn't just deafen our listeners with that one. Good you luck. Could do, you could be. Good in, luck yeah, editing that one, curb. man. You might have to turn the volume a little bit lower on that. Do you own like a schoolboy outfit? No, but I'll. I'll get I feel one like if you think could, I could just go around. That's like, what I'm saying. You could be in a cover band, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but that's I'll, the only part you could do. You yeah, that's probably the only. Yeah, <laughs> the only lyric you know. That's fun, man. It's it's pretty fun. Not gonna lie, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, Q, I had did what? I'm trying. I'm trying to close out the episode here, bro. <laughs> you don't have to leave all that in, dude. I I had a second clip for Sweet Leaf, but fuck it. I think we got enough of the idea. I I feel like I've I've brought shame to 
to myself and to dude to metalheads. Hey, don't let my opinions bring you down, brother. I feel like you've you've skewed the whole episode. I'm sorry, man. Hey, look, dude. I <laughs> look, dude. This is exactly how the Alice in Chains episode ended, right? I was trying to justify, yeah, that that they are an important band and that I appreciate them, but I'm just not into this kind of stuff, man. It's fine. Um, great picks for songs, brother. Great picks. Well, <laughs> somebody sorry. out there liked that. Somebody, somebody out there enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Oh, I'm more than a handful, my friend. All right. Hey, so, if we had um, listeners that gave a shit. Oh, hang on. <laughs> hang on. If we, had, <laughs> if we had listeners that were involved, I'd probably get so many emails telling me why I'm a, I'm a dumbass for not liking this stuff, right? Or they would say, yeah, you're right. Fuck Ozzy. And let me say this, dude. With the exception of a, a couple of songs here and there, after this album, I kind of lose interest with Sabbath. Okay. There's a song that came out on uh, the album Sabotage, uh, which is fucking killer. It's called Symptoms of the or Symptom of the Universe. Now that song, dude. Woo, buddy. Symptom of the Universe? Dude, I'm going to play it for you right Let's fucking now, Let's do it. Now, Let's do it. Yeah, dude, I was about to Let, say. Okay. Let's give it a listen. Listen to his fucking voice and tell me that you that you that you're not fucking ready to fucking give it up. You know, here we go. Damn it, dude. Dude. I'm sorry. I have to excuse myself. I got to go wipe this diarrhea out of my ear. It's running out. It's running out of my ears. What does that mean, dude? Does that <laughs> mean you liked it or you didn't like it? No, dude. No. Like it was so good that you shit yourself? Did I shit my ears? Saying? No, man. I was trying to say it was shit. Dude. I don't know, what? man. I can't get into his voice, dude. Look. Okay. The, okay, look. The, let, dude, the, 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 let me the, just say the, this the, again, the, man, because oh, this drives oh. the point home. Oh, you know how much we love Paul Banks and Interpol. Yeah. How much you know how much we love Interpol. Yeah. I know most people that I know. They they don't use the word hate, but they strongly dislike Interpol because of Paul Banks. So there you go, man. Okay. You have you can have two people listen to the same song, and one person just loves the shit out of it and everything about it. The other person, you know, has there's some some things about it that they don't like. And unfortunately for me, I, I cannot get into Ozzy Osbourne. I can't get into it, man. I can't get into his voice. Everything else about it, I love. And look, man, I'm, I wasn't trying to shit on your episode, dude. As, you know, it's All right, very well, similar dude, vibes me, to, to episode one for us, man. If you, if you go back and listen to our Alice in Chains episode. Yeah, but you didn't have, you didn't have diarrhea coming out of your ears when you were listening to Alice Well, I haven't had a chance to go wipe it, dude. So it's starting to run down. Now it's on my shoulder. 
All right. And it's pretty stinky. Let me tell you, okay, we've heard you crap all over it. Let me tell you why it's awesome, his voice, okay? Okay. Dude, the intensity of his voice when it comes into that song. He is yelling almost at the top of his fucking... His, his vocal dude, range, that's dude. That's the same. And the, and the fucking, dude, the lyrics, man. But that's the same kind you of know, thing that we would say to, lyrics, to someone who cannot get into Interpol. We'd say this, we would defend what? Paul Banks in the same way, right? Okay, all right. Do you pay attention to lyrics or no? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Th- I don't remember them after one listen. I'll say that. That's what I love about this song, too, man. Okay. Take me through the centuries to supersonic years. An electrifying enemy is drowning in his tears. All I have to give you is a love that never dies. The symptom of the universe is written in your eyes. Great, dude. But Ooh, who wrote those lyrics? Dude. Not Ozzy Osbourne. Who cares, man? Uh, that's my point, dude. Dude, Frank Sinatra didn't write half the songs that he fucking sang. Frank Sinatra can Are go you? suck a dick. Oh, that out, what? Dude. Frank Sinatra can go suck it. No, not that either. Frank Sinatra... Dude. Can go I'm leaving all that in, dude. You're going to have to own up to all that right there, dude. Because if you're going to shit on Frank Sinatra... I'm shitting on Frank boom. Sinatra as a human being. He was a womanizing piece of shit. Oh, come on, man. Hey, man. All right. I don't listen to Louis right. C.K. anymore because of the revelations that we've all discovered about the fucking... Okay. I, right, you man. know? Well... That doesn't mean he didn't have a great voice, and that doesn't mean that Louis C.K. isn't fucking funny, dude. Yeah, you're right. He Louis C.K. is still one of the, one of the best comedians okay. of our generation. All right, That's and if you're bad. gonna if you're gonna dump on Frank Sinatra's vocals, dude, no, never. Then, all right, that guy knew how to sing, and he knew. I'm how just to saying he didn't write. He didn't write most of those his, with his voice. He didn't, he didn't write most of those standards, you know. Right. So there you go. All right, so you you don't like um, really awesome lyrics and and awesome voices, so that's what we determined. <laughs> no, dude, I didn't say anything about the lyrics, man. But that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne didn't write the lyrics, so I can so what, I can safely dislike Ozzy, and there's no redeeming qualities. <laughs> Except wow. you know what, dude? He plays a mean harmonica. I'll give him that. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I'll give him that. Man, Ooh. this is when you wish that you had like. Mitchell to chime in and tell me and tell me how wrong I know I'm dude right. you're right <laughs> you're right or 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 our brother Spencer would have probably loved to have chimed in on this combo yeah hey Spencer or Mitchell if you guys listen to this why don't you shoot us an email we'll, we'll read it on the next email episode. dude no leave us a comment on the on the SoundCloud yeah page for this track and we'll, we'll read it on on our sidetrack next week and, and you guys can just take me to school come on now bring it or hey, anyone else who's listening, lay it on me, friends. I want to know why. Why can't I get past Ozzy Osbourne's voice? All right. I mean, look, it's fine. I get it, dude. So, um, interestingly enough, the main riff from from this song uh, is considered the sort of the predecessor for thrash metal. Boom, which is what I just talked about earlier. Thrash metal is the the faster side of metal. So there you go. In 1975, this album came out, and Tony Iommi basically threw this riff out there and um, was an influence on on thrash metal. So they they influenced stoner, uh, doom metal, slow, and then they influenced thrash metal fast. These guys are, you know, major essentially the, the 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 founding fathers of metal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here we go. All right. Um, I thought they were the Godfathers. <laughs> They're everything, dude. 
whatever you want to call them. All right, so um, that's it, man. That's a wrap. So uh, my sidetrack for next week uh, is going to be a sleep track. And I talked about sleep. They're one of the, uh, they're probably one of the, they're an iconic doom metal band, legendary. And they came out with a, a new album uh, a few months ago. Uh, the first album in like, I don't know, over a decade. And it's, it's fucking killer. Anyway, it's going to make a lot of sense when I play the track. It's going to tie directly into this episode, but we'll save that for later. For the closing track, um, I guess we should mention the website. Nofillerpodcast.com. You can go there to hear all of our episodes. Uh, We mentioned the Alice in Chains episode quite a bit in in uh, uh, in this episode because it was the only other metal band, you know, Heavy, heavy hard rock band that we've covered. Uh, so if you want to go back and listen to that, that's episode one. Uh, if you liked this episode, you'll probably like that episode because it's got the same kind of back and forth with, with Q and I over um, Q's um, uh, confusing uh, <laughs> hatred, hatred for metal. Something <laughs> and, I, I don't... I, and I the sidetrack that's tied to that, uh, that episode, we get into Green River, which are considered the first true grunge band, so... Got a true, couple good true. tracks, a uh, couple, couple good episodes for you. Yeah. To, to go back and All listen right. to. So there you go. Um, find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, most other players, podcast players. Uh, so for the um, for the outro song, here, I'm going to send you another picture in, in uh, Skype. I want you to look at this, and we'll put this on the website as well. Uh, I want you to look at this, uh, this picture, Q. Okay. I got you. Whoa. Damn. Are you looking at that? Now that... I'm sure there was an orgy involving every member of that band right after that photo shoot. Dude. Probably. Dude, the guy in the back, right in the middle, that's Brian, dude. That's... Whoops, I left his... I put his last name in there. That's Brian, man. Do you want to know who that really is? Uh, Robert Plant. That's Tony Iommi, dude. Okay. My so this God. was, uh, yeah. Dude. So Tony Iommi was <laughs> in a band cover, called. Man. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. We got to put he it up in the a... show notes for sure, man. Oh, I know, I know. So he was in a band called Velvet Fog for like a hot minute, and then he went. And that's to Fog with Velvet with two T's and Fog with two G's. Just throwing that out. There. That's right. So um, this album cover obviously had some controversy behind it. Uh, this came out in uh, in '69, uh, which is weird. They must have recorded it in '68 because it came out in January of '69, which is you know basically when basically Iommi left right after this album came out and joined Sabbath. But um, if you're not looking at the album cover, basically it's the band members uh, in body paint and, and costumes with some uh, nude young women wearing nothing but uh, body paint as well, posing yeah. with them. And it's it's fucking r- ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, Tony Iommi, I mean, dude, he looks like he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> no, dude, he just looks... He looks like he's been smoking that sweet leaf. Yeah, they've all been... Yeah, that's true. Uh, but anyway, uh, this song is actually... Not bad. Um, 
I just thought it'd be kind of funny to play this track. And it's called Yellow Cave Woman. So again, this is a band that Tony Iommi was in and probably wants everybody to forget about because of this album cover. But uh, this is right before he joined Sabbath. Again, this band is called Velvet Fog. And the song is called Yellow Cave Woman. And that'll do it for us today. Cutie, we have any idea? I guess we're going to do Alt-J, right? We'll do Alt-J after... No, man. Look, the original plan was to do um, Helplessness Blues by Flea Foxes. And I'm sticking to it, man. I'm uh, yeah, it's it's time. I've I've been really into Fleet Foxes lately, dude. Uh, I want to get into it, but hey, let's do Fleet Foxes, and then our next full length episode after that, we'll do Alt J's and Awesome Wave. Okay, all right. So after we uh, after our sidetrack next week, we're gonna we're gonna do another 180, and we're gonna cover Fleet Foxes' second studio album, Helplessness Blues. Now that is a killer album dude, dude. i can't wait to talk it's about so that that's good yeah, man it is so good yeah now that's a, that's a vocalist oh my think. god man i can't wait there's Anybody. so many good songs on there that aren't singles yeah. man it's yeah. gonna be hard to choose yeah yeah you're right dude all right all right once again velvet fog yellow cave woman and that'll do it and uh, we'll see you next week later <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 